Open your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 2. I want to talk about a little bit about changed, changed lives from the Christmas story. Matthew 2, verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time did the star appear. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When he had found him, when, when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And, they were, uh, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, bring revelation in our hearts through this very simplistic Christmas story. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, everyone has... A different journey that brings us to Christ. Those of us that are serving the Lord, we've all come to Christ different ways. Some of us were raised in Christian homes, and it, it seemed to be the natural thing to eventually surrender your life and, and begin to accept Christ as your personal Savior and follow Him. Others were raised in um, uh, environments that were not Christian, but maybe uh, you heard a word through a, an evangelist or a friend or uh, a missionary, uh, something that pricked your heart. Some way God revealed himself to you. Sometimes God reveals himself to us in uh, sanctuaries, in churches, at altars, sometimes in fires, and uh, sometimes in, 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 the, in the craziest ways or the strangest times, God can reveal himself. We all have, if I took the time and went around the room this morning, and gave opportunity, there would be different journeys that you would share that brought you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Can I tell you that the journey to get to Christ is not nearly as important as what we do after we meet Christ. 
We, we're all born sinners. I walked in just a few moments last Wednesday night and uh, after our service was over and the uh, youth department's good to have Brother Daniel back, Pastor Daniel back, uh, amen. And we're still praying and believing God for Jen and uh, she'll be back very, very soon. But uh, I, I stepped in there and somehow they'd gotten onto the topic of Muslims and uh, the difference in the belief structure and the belief system. And uh, I, I just felt Im impressed to encourage them and remind them uh, it's good that we understand these things, but we can never find ourselves as judgmental because had we been born in a Muslim home, most likely we'd be Muslim. Uh, so uh, we, because we were blessed and that we have revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ, we rejoice in that, and we need to pray for those that don't have that and pray that God will help us to show them uh, that truth. And, and that's the direction that I know that they were kind of taking that conversation because whether it's Muslim, whether it's Hindu, whether it's atheist or agnostic or, 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 or just plain heathen, um, everybody is born a sinner. The Bible's clear about that. We all have to have a journey because the Bible also tells us that there is but one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. This morning, I want us to look uh, a little bit at the group of what the Bible refers to as wise men, which is a more modern term. Uh, they were originally magi, and then three kings, and then three wise men, and, and ultimately there's not necessarily three. I think it's good to have a little theology in our Christ, Christmas understanding. The, these were, what, what were magi? Well, magi is the same word that we still get the word. It's part of our word magic this morning. These were really cultists. They were astronomers. Uh, they, they um, magicians, uh, black magic. Uh, that were, and I found it interesting that God revealed himself not just to the shepherds in the field, but to the cultics around the world uh, at the very beginning. And, and he revealed himself to uh, these magi through astronomy because they were those that would study stars in the heavens. And, and, uh, and so as they would study the stars, they noticed a new star, a big star, a bright star. And, and God evidently revealed to them that this star marked the birth of the king of the Jews. So they began a journey to find this baby that was born king of the Jews. Now, my suspicion is that when they began their journey... Their thoughts may have been that they were going to a more grand place than a manger, than a stable. Maybe they imagined a palace, or at the very least, a wealthy person's home. Because where else would God of the universe have his own son? be born and raised. 
And, and so that's probably as their imagination, as they're journeying for uh, up to two years. It was not, you know, they didn't just jump on a plane. Uh, it took time to get from place to place to place. And uh, that's why uh, uh, that's why the Bible says that when they reached the child, uh, that he was in a house. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm messing up your I'm messing up your Christmas manger scene. But the Magi weren't there. The shepherds were there. The Magi came sometime later, uh, and 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 he was. Uh, in exile. In fact, that's why the Bible tells us that Herod, they asked them, how long ago did the star appear? And then Herod said, well, all male children under two years old should be executed. Kind of gives the implication that a couple of years ago that they had been on this journey. Now, I, I'm going somewhere with this because I, I want us to see. I'm just trying to get you in the right frame of mind so that you understand the story and where we're, where we're going. And so they, uh, they, went to, um, they went to Herod, and they said that the, that the star represented the birth of the king of Jews. Well, that's heresy. That got Herod's attention, the king of the Jews. I'm the only king. They're not even allowed to have a king. They're under my rule. And, and so it got, his, it got his ire. Now, how many knows that sometimes when politicians want to stamp out something, they act like they're friends with it? Let me, let me just say that again. Sometimes politicians want to do away with Christianity, and the best way for them to do that is act as if they're Christian. Herod said, well, if you find this king of the Jews, tell me where he's at because I'm going to worship him. Now, we'll come back and deal with that in a minute. But, then, but that's not the point that I want us to make first. So he goes to the politicians, and the politicians call the religious leaders together. <laughs> you know, times don't change that much. And, and they called all the religious leaders together, and they said, these wise men, these magi, say that there's a king of the Jews to be born. You guys are Jews. You know the scriptures. Where should this king be born? And so they all got together and put their heads together and looked at the scripture. And they came back and said, oh, king, the, the baby should be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And uh, so they told the magi, go to Bethlehem. Seek diligently for this child. Don't give up. Find him. Whatever you got to do, seek diligently for the Christ child. Now, let me give you another warning here. 
Beware of those that point the way but don't walk the way. There are a lot of people that can tell you about Christ. Show me somebody that's following after Christ. If I am a Pharisee or a Sadducee, and my life is all about waiting on the Messiah, that's what they were about. Waiting on the Messiah to be born. And revelation comes to me, that a star is marking the birth of the child, you better believe I'm going to pack my bags and head to where that child. But that didn't really fit with their religious narrative. Why? Maybe they didn't really believe what they were preaching. Maybe they didn't really buy into all that they were saying. So they knew what the Scripture said. Can I tell you that there's a lot of people, in fact, the Bible says that demons in hell know what the Scripture says. Not everybody that can quote Scripture means that they are walking out. Give me somebody. that It's easy to come into a church service and quote the Word of God. It's easy to come into a church service and read Scripture, but show me somebody that on Monday morning is still serving God. Tuesday morning, still serving God. That's the guy. That's the gal. That's the person that I want to follow after. Uh, I, I'm tired of those that, that claim, listen, you, you can't, it, it's almost nauseating to turn on television news shows and they talk about Jesus as if they had some sort of a personal relationship when you know that their lifestyle is so far from Christian. I, it, 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 maybe it only bothers me, but I almost have to just turn the TV off. Stick to what, listen, if they know politics, talk about politics, but don't try to interject how Jesus would handle anything when you don't have a clue of who Jesus is or what Jesus is doing. And, and that's the group that, that was around at that time. They had a group of the king's council and a group of the, the religious leaders all got together and they put their heads together and they found the scripture because the scripture was open for them to read and they found that Jesus Christ should be born in Bethlehem and so they sent the Magi to Bethlehem. When they went to Bethlehem, again, keep in mind, we, we do lots of things in our traditions. We show, we show the Magi bringing a small gift, laying it at the feet of Christ, the baby. Again, in the manger, which was not where Jesus was when the Magi found him. He was a small child living in exile. But they, would bring, they, brought the, they, they, they brought this gift, they brought these little gifts. But in reality, first of all, we don't know how many there were. There weren't necessarily three. There could have been three. There could have been two. There could have been five. 
We don't know how many there were, but they probably brought camels laden with gifts because they were coming to see a king. And on, when they started their journey out, they probably thought, listen, as, as, as they weren't, they, they probably thought, hey, this guy may, may bring us into his courts and may give us even more magic and more power than we already have. We want to honor this child. So they brought gifts. In fact, uh, most people believe that the gifts that they brought is probably what sustained Jesus during his years in exile uh, while Herod was trying to eliminate the babies from Jerusalem. And so Jesus was living because uh, uh, Joseph was uh, um, um, a construction man by trade, and so they were living off of the gifts that were, were brought. They weren't, Joseph and Mary were not wealthy people, but God sustained them. So the, the Magi went there again expecting something different than what they found. How many has ever came to Christ and he responded differently or he looked differently? I, I, I love the story, and I know I've told it before, but uh, our superintendent tells it of when he was uh, in the last couple of days of Sister Athena, his wife's life at the hospital. And they had this little Jamaican nurse that would come in and take care of her. And he was so grateful because she was so gracious to take care of her. And uh, she asked him on the, I think the second day she was there, she said, uh, you guys are people of faith. You're Christians, aren't you? Uh, because he no doubt carried himself. You know, my superintendent, he had a Bible there with him, and he, was, uh, he, he stayed literally by her side for months. And um, she, he said, yes, we're, we're, Christian, we're, we're Christian family. And um, she said, well, I don't know what you might think about this, um, but I'm a Pentecostal. Uh, she, he said, are you all right with Pentecostals? <laughs> he said, we love Pentecostals. And um, she said, is it all right? If I pray over your wife in tongues, and thank you, and, and he said yes, and she began to pray over her and speak in tongues, and then she would come in throughout the day and pray over her and bless her, and then she began to encourage him over the last two days of his life. And, and I'm, I, I tell you that story to say this: after she passed away. And went on, he reflected back at the comfort that God brought him to this little Jamaican nurse. And he says he's imagined Jesus in lots of ways, but he never imagined him in the form of a little Jamaican nurse that would show up in a hospital room and pray for him and his wife. How many knows that God will show up in ways that we don't expect? When you began your journey with the Lord, God will take you to places different than you expect. When you began ministering, can I tell you, ministry isn't what you might have thought that it was. Sometimes it's more difficult. 
Sometimes it's dirtier, less glamorous, <laughs> not as fun, more stressful. I'm getting too carried away. <laughs> it's very rewarding. Thank you for dig digging me out. Um, I knew there had to be an upside. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It is very rewarding, and you work with people that you love. And I, I joke because I thank God that God's allowed me to give my life to ministry and, and to serve him. So, Lord, you know I'm kidding. Um, so, thank God God's got a sense of humor, amen? <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, but, but they show up, and, and they show up, and it's not a, it's not a palace, it's probably a cave. They call it a house. We, we don't know, but it's, I, my, my suspicions are it's not that grand of a place. They've got a young mother and a young father that's hiding out with a little baby. And it's not what they probably imagined their face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus Christ would look like. So what do you do when you show up at your ministry location and it's a stable and not a palace? It's a manger. It's not anything nearly as grand as what you... i tell you what they did. They worshipped him anyway. A lot of times we have a bad habit well if there's not many show up then we'll just cut everything in half no they gave everything they brought they came prepared to give and they gave what they came prepared to give when we when we find our moment with christ worship him anyway it might be sitting at a red light when the Holy Spirit just settles down in the car next to you. It, 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 might, be, it, it, it might be in the middle of a, a, a storm or a crisis or a trial or a sickness or a hospital room or a hospice bed. You know, by the way, true love isn't demonstrated at the honeymoon. It's demonstrated in nursing homes and hospital rooms and hospice rooms. It's demonstrated when we lose everything, but we still hang on to each other. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So Jesus, or, or the Magi, come face to face with Jesus, and they bow down, and the Bible says they open up all of their gifts, and they worship him. Can I tell you that giving is a form of worship? Giving is a part of love, for God so loved that he gave. You can't hardly separate love and giving. When you love someone, you want to give. When you worship someone, you want to give. 
We, so they, they bowed down and they worshipped the Christ child and they gave of what they had and they gave what they had prepared. And they came, first of all, they came prepared to worship. They didn't wait till they got there and said, oh, let's find something to give him. I'm bad about heading to parties and having to hit a Walgreens. I know y'all don't do that for a card and a gift card. I gave one time a, a pastor friend of mine had had a baby, and I should have capitalized on the moment, but I didn't think that quick. And I, I was going to a meeting. I knew that they would be there, he and his wife. So I ran into the Walgreens. I bought a little card for the baby, for the parents, and I put a gift card in it, and, and, and there was a little gold chocolate uh, piece of candy. And I don't know why. I just thought, well, I'm stick that in there too. So I got that gold candy, and they, they put that in there, and I gave them that card. And about two years later, they came to me, and they said, what was the significance of the gold coin candy that was in the card when our baby was born? I said, it was what Walgreens had, brother. I wish I could tell you it was more significant than that. I wasn't thinking fast on my feet about what a golden gift this baby was or whatever. Um, but they didn't wait till they got to where the baby was to run out to the local store to buy something. They came prepared. Can I tell you that your experience meeting Christ face-to-face will radically transform when you walk into the place where you're expecting to have that encounter already prepared to worship. Not just because Brother Dominic says it's time to worship. We came in ready to worship. That's what we're here to do. Uh, we, you know, we, we don't wait till we call the offering ushers forward to try to, oh, do I have any money? No, I brought my tithe. I'm ready to give. Doesn't catch me off guard. I came, in, I came in this morning ready to worship. Worship doesn't catch me off guard. I came in ready to hear the word of God. Doesn't catch me. Listen, when you come in prepared, it will transform your, your encounter with Christ. And so they came in prepared to worship. They came in prepared to receive. And they opened their treasures and they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The work of the Holy Spirit when you meet Jesus. The Bible says, being warned of God in a dream. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's called discernment. It doesn't have to be shown, shown to you in a dream, but that's one way God can show you things in a dream. He might show you things just, listen, I've learned discernment just being open to the, sometimes it comes from the strangest places. Somebody will say a word, and God will just put a check in my spirit that that was a word for me. You need to listen to that. Uh, and, and, or, or, or it, may, it may just come and uh, turn on the radio and something being said or a song being sung. And God, and see, listen, discernment comes in all kinds of ways. The, the trick is allowing the Holy Spirit to, to discern, to reveal truths to you. So the Holy Spirit said, look, you know that King Herod guy? He doesn't really want to worship Jesus. Don't tell him where Jesus is. 
And so the Bible said, because he had said, come back through here and tell me where Jesus was. So the Bible says that they went a different way home. Now, I'm going to come back to that again in a minute. But what I want us to focus on this morning is the Holy Spirit is still wanting us to discern truth today. We uh, Christians are so quick to buy so much stuff hook, line, and sinker. We don't function in the gift of discernment because that takes relationship, that takes prayer, that takes time of listening for the whole. That's why the Bible says those that have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God wants to teach us things and show us things, but it's easier for us just to turn on the television or, or turn on the radio or, or hear what somebody else is trying to tell us what God... Listen, God, I, I, I'll tell you a story real quick. When I first came to pastor here, I thought I want to really preach good. You can tell I gave up on that somewhere along. And I would stack commentaries, Matthew Henry, John Wesley, uh, Strong's Concordance, Haley's Bible Dictionary. I'd have all these out on my desk for sermon preparation. And I would, it seemed like I was using Matthew Henry a lot, and he is such a wordy guy. <laughs> uh, and, and so I, and I would write, and then I had a Dake's Bible that my other pastor gave me. He said, if I could only have one book in my library, this would be the book. And he gave me a Dake's Bible. And so it had a lot of notes. And it was great because it was nine of this and ten of that and twenty of this and five of this. So great preaching material. And then one day I was studying and preparing a word from Matthew Henry. And God, just as clear as day, said, I've called you to be the commentator for this church. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't still listen to what they're saying. But listen, Matthew Henry was preaching to a different generation, a different time, a different location. It wasn't the same time. wasn't the same message. So we can still hear because there's relevance and truths and all those things. But God has fresh revelation for us right now today. But we have to be willing to discern what the word of the Lord is to the church or else, can I tell you, the world is out to crucify, to kill the Christ child. They don't want you having... Listen, why are Christians so quick to just take Christ out of Christmas? Because the world says it's not popular. If you take Christ out of Christmas, you just have a mess. But we need all... But, but, but we're so quick to just roll over because we're not willing to listen to what the Word of God is telling us today. So just an encouragement. The Holy Spirit wants to show you discernment in your spirit. And then the Bible says that when they came and they countered Christ face to face, God showed them a truth. And here's where I want us to spend just a quick moment. They left a different way than they came. Now, 
Can I tell you, that's why I said your journeys to get here may take all kinds of avenues and all kinds of roads. But once you meet Christ, you ought to walk back a different way. There needs to be a change. I still believe in deliverance. I know, I know that there are struggles, and I know that everybody doesn't get everything. Some of you do, but not everybody gets everything right the first time around. So for those of us that need a little extra grace, but I still believe that there ought to be a marked difference. The problem is when we come to the altars and we cry out to the Lord and we pray and then we get up and we go back to the exact same lifestyle, doing the exact same thing, using the exact same words. And the world is like, I don't need another thing to just do. If there's not a genuine change taking place, I don't have time for it. But let God change your family. Let God intervene and show you that there's a better. Let God give you peace in the midst of turmoil. Let God touch you. Listen, God can heal. How many knows God can heal? God can heal you of cancer, of heart disease, of diabetes, of blood pressure. God can heal. And I thank God that God can heal. But can I tell you that God also can sustain through whatever you're walking through. And sometimes the world needs to see, look, you have the same diagnosis I have, but your attitude is different. You walk differently. You don't let it bother you. You still have a song on your heart. You still have a joy in your spirit. God will let us walk through the fire. God could have delivered the Hebrew young men from the fire if he wanted to. They didn't have to go in the fire. How many thinks that God couldn't have just put the fire out? Couldn't have killed Darius or Nebuchadnezzar. God, God could have done whatever he needed to do to set them free and deliver them. But he chose to let them get thrown into the fire. Wow, God. You're not showing up? <laughs> the guards are literally taking us to that furnace if you're going to show up and deliver us this would be the moment <laughs> how many have ever felt like God if you wait five more minutes it's too late God said nope it's not too late let him throw you in the fire because I'm already here. They're not throwing you away from me. They're throwing you into my arms. Can I tell you, sometimes God is waiting for you in the middle of that storm. That thing that you're trying to avoid, God's saying, I want this moment to reveal myself to you. I want this time so that not only you, but those around can see that there's still a God in Jerusalem, that God is still able. I'm looking for some people that want at the last minute 
denounce me. They could have stopped the fiery furnace. They could have turned around to the king and said, okay, okay, we give up. We're going to worship you. Let us go. And they would have let him go. They could have still had God and Nebuchadnezzar. And how many knows that's a picture of a lot of people in the world today? But they said, no, we only worship God. We'll show you the respect due a leader. We'll obey the laws of the land as best as we can as long as they don't interfere with worshiping God. But our worship is reserved only for God. Because when people start worshiping men, when men fall, their faith fails. I've seen people get so held up and so bent up on politicians that when the politicians didn't work out like they thought they would, they somehow thought God failed. Let me tell you the truth. God's still on the throne. He didn't get voted out. Because he didn't put his name on the ballot. Because he's God all by himself. I want us to be people that allow the Spirit of God to change us. And change our walk. Change our verbiage. Change the way that we talk. Change the way that we think. Do not ye be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't think like I used to think. Therefore, I don't respond like I used to respond. It, it, it's the words coming out of your mouth that condemn you. Not the words spoken to you. You got to let it change in here. You got to let the Holy Spirit speak through you, church. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Maybe, maybe this morning, God is pricking your heart to leave a different way, change your walk. There's something that the Lord has been dealing with your heart about. And that's still part of your walk. And God said, let me transform that part of your walk. Leave here a different way than you came. Let the world know I found a new path home. I found a new journey. I may have walked through on the way in, but I'm walking out different. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, there's some things in my walk that the Holy Spirit is encouraging me to change up. And I want to walk out a different way than I came in. Would you slip your hand up this morning? I want to walk out a different way than I came in. I want to be a different man, different woman, different child. Other others. Thank you. 
Can we all over the building stand to our feet this morning? We used to sing a song when I was a young man in the church. I don't, it, and it, 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 you, you've heard me talk about it before, but one, one of the choruses in it is, if you bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, or lame, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, or lame, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. How many knows that God, we don't have to leave here like we came. God can set us free from every bondage, every depression, every oppression, every fetter, every chain. God will make a way. Hallelujah. Father, right now, those that raised your hand, I want you right now to receive in your heart. Those that didn't raise your hand, but the Holy Spirit still speaking to your heart, because I think there was a couple. The Holy Spirit still speaking to your heart. He says, I want to change this about you. I want to change this about you. I want to make you more like me. I want to put you in a position that I can bless you. <laughs> I want to put you in a position where you can be a blessing. Father, right now, God, you've seen every heart. You've seen every hand. You know every life. You know every situation. God, on this Sunday morning, prior to Christmas, when we celebrate your birth, God, we give it all to you. God, you gave it all to us. Now we give it all to you, Lord. We give you everything that we have. God, help us to walk different. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Father, to be everything that you've called me to be. Help me, Lord, despite what it looks like to serve and worship you with all that I have. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be with us. Help us close us out with a song, Brother Dominic. Hallelujah.
bless you and keep you. May he overshadow you and go before you. May you make ways where there seem to be no ways and bring you back rejoicing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, quick reminder, no service the next two Wednesday nights, but this Friday night is Christmas Eve candlelight service. So, um, you get this Wednesday night off, but be here at 6 o'clock Friday night. God bless you. Love you.